Hi, I'm Dr. Aaron Warner, and you are listening to Independent Insights by Vision Source, uh, where we have specific conversations about topics that are pertinent to independent private practice ownership. Uh, today, I had my good friend, Dr. Alex Elson, on. He owns two practices in Orange County, California, and we talked about how he uh, successfully was able to bring on his associate, help get her schedule full, um, and uh, and what that meant for him as far as stepping back and working on the practice. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, please uh, shoot a comment, share the episode, give us five stars, let us know what you want to hear us talk about, and enjoy. I am here with Dr. Alex Elson, who owns two practices in Orange County, California, and had the pleasure of... Uh, being at the same dinner event uh, with him a couple weeks ago and a really good discussion. So I asked him to come on and, and talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to talk about how he very successfully brings on new grads and new associates into the practice uh, and helps keep their schedule or get their schedule full and then keep them full. But before we dive into all of that, Alex, uh, tell us a little bit more about you, your practices. Um, so I'm a native of Southern California went to Southern California College of Optometry. Uh, I came out of practice and partnered with an established doc, uh, someone that was kind of a family friend, and then ended up during the pandemic buying a second practice from one of my old professors. Uh, just kind of same sort of scenario you laid out of ran into her at an event and talked to her about it. And then that was one that I brought an associate onto. Very cool. Um, so buying a, a practice during the pandemic, that had to have uh, been a little bit nerve wracking. It was it was good. I, I, I don't regret it. I, I bought it after PPP one. So that was unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, I wish I would have had it before then. We were actually supposed to go through March 31st. And then we just like pumped the brakes on it a second. Uh, and then ended March up going through 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up doing it. Uh, I started on June. So I took over ownership okay. in June of 2020 and then, uh, yeah, worked out, but that's a, a subject for another conversation. Uh, that is, I'm, I'm super curious because in Southern California, we were still pretty slow and mm -hmm. uh, when we were opening back up, it, it wasn't uh, full speed ahead. So you've got uh, the two practices. Um, and when we were discussing the, thankfully, in Southern California, we tend not to have too much of a challenge finding associates. I know that's a, a big challenge across the country. And uh, in a future episode, we're going to talk to Mick Kling and Craig Moritz about what they're doing through the Vision Source Next program to try to find uh, associate doctors. I know we've got some cool programs we're doing with, with student loans, helping them pay it off, trying to recruit practices or docs to the practices. But we don't have that problem. What, uh, what we do have, uh, according to that meeting, is when we get associates in and uh, new associates, some offices are struggling to get their schedules full. And uh, so we've got them there, they're ready to work, but they see two people a day. Uh, and you shared your experience and what you do to, to, to build confidence in the team in them and in patience in them. So what, what do you do? Um, yeah, so easiest thing that you'll hear from most people talking on the subject is just making myself scarce. So, uh, it really depends on why you're bringing in the associate. If you're a practice that is bursting at the seams, it's going to be a bit of a different scenario, but for most of us that are bringing on an associate, um, well, I would assume a lot of us, it, we don't have that pent up demand where it's just plug and play. 
and so especially in this market, we're pretty competitive, pretty saturated. So um, patients aren't just lining up out the door at most offices um, that will shop around if they're waiting too long. So for us, it was more like I cut back my doctor days significantly. Um, I went down to just doing really one a week. So from a patient perspective, we I started alternating Mondays and Wednesdays. So the staff was trained to say, hey, oh, yeah, Dr. Elson's here on Mondays and Wednesdays. Oh, we don't have anything this Monday, uh, but we have we have next Monday. H- how does that sound? Or, or we have them here Wednesday. Would that work for you? That sort of thing. Uh, and then we had the my associate schedule. She was there three days a week. Um, so she was there Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So then from a patient-facing standpoint, looked like we had a doctor there five days a week. But in any given week, we just had the four days, and then the staff had an admin day in the middle of the week either on Monday or Wednesday when I'm out there. Um, yeah. How, how did the staff take to you making yourself uh, uh, scarce? I know lots of our, our practices, super successful practices are, are really built around us. I mean, we have great teams right. they are built around our teams, but, but we tend to be the name and the face of that. So when you make yourself scarce, uh, I'm guessing they take a little bit of the blunt of the, uh, the, the patient's unhappiness that they can't see you or it takes some time or how, how do you get past that? Um, really wasn't that big of an issue uh making myself scarce from a patient standpoint meant i was more available to them um so that ended up being a nice i mean a nice plus for them from like i know my office manager probably enjoys it more now that i'm with patients less because i'm i'm more accessible and we can have talks that are needed to really grow the business and, and kind of build up that exam schedule for um for my associate and all that sort of stuff too Oh, very cool. The, how did you uh, introduce your associate to your, your staff? Is it uh, Hey, day one here was, here's where we're at. Did, um, I'm, I'm assuming there's a relationship that has to be built there for the staff to, to, to recommend and endorse your associate doc to patients. Yeah. So <clears throat> we, she actually worked for me as a tech. So that was okay. pretty easy on that side of things. So she kind of shouldered or worked shoulder to shoulder with them for a little bit. Um, and then that made it a really easy transition because it was something, some of the patients had already seen her or interacted with her as a tech. Uh, and then, so they come in and now see her as a doctor and that's, that's kind of an easy transition there. Uh, but for us getting the staff comfortable with her, she did their exams. She sees their families. Like I don't, do really any of that anymore that's that's mostly her her deal there so that the staff can say yeah you know she's great like that she did my my exam that sort of thing um and that's kind of that i don't know social proof sort of thing of hey it, it's acceptable for me and my family so why would it not be acceptable for you uh, i i think that's huge um we do the same thing in ours i've got uh uh, when I joined the practice, I actually joined with uh, my dad's practice. And so it, it was easy for me. I was you know, Dr. Warner 2.0. And, uh, uh, but the, every time we brought an associate on, I'd make sure that, uh, the, that the staff goes to them and they all have an exam. They all engage with them. They all meet with them. Uh, that way they can, you know, I, I think it's really powerful to say they're my doctor. Mm-hmm. It's who I go to. And so that's, well, that's smart. On our side of things too, one of the things I did is, so we have tear care in the office uh, and I just kind of stopped doing it and that was hers. So we gave her a specialty. The staff was on board with, hey, dry eye is what 
she is going to do in this practice. So like I saw a patient last week that committed to doing a couple of them. And I was like, Hey, you know, honestly, I don't do this anymore. I haven't done one for over a year now. She's probably done more of them than I have. And she's probably better at it than I am. So I, you'll be on her schedule when you come back for that. And she's great. You're going to love her, that sort of thing. And so I think that also instills confidence in the patients of, Hey, you know, my doctor is saying she's better at this. And so, yeah, I'm going to be happy to go see it and, and kind of makes that transition easier. Like wouldn't surprise me because she's going to see that patient more than I will. Uh, maybe next year I see them for their comp and years after that, they're probably on my associate schedule. And so having those sort of specialties helps. And I mean, that helped when I first came out, I joined a practice where the doctor wasn't glaucoma certified. And so anything that was medical really got put on my plate. So it, it was an easy way to get those patients to trust me right off the bat of, Hey, he can, he can do things that my current doctor can't. So I, I think the inner office interprofessional referrals are huge. We do the mm -hmm. same thing. I, I do mostly, uh, pediatrics. Um, my dad did, did geriatrics. He loved specialty contact lenses. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I, I can do them, but to be honest, I, I pass most of the patients over to him because he, he just, he does it better. He's done more of them. Mm -hmm. He has more of the experience on it. And then our, our, my partner, business partner, she was an associate and, and then bought in, uh, is, is dry eye. And so mm -hmm. anything dry, eye gets punted to, uh, punted is not the right word. gets referred yeah. over to, to her, uh, handed off, and, maybe handed off. And, yeah. and I, there's something powerful in telling a patient and, and I'm curious your take on this because I think as optometrists, sometimes we're, we're trained or maybe it's a, it's a doctor thing that we just don't like to say, I don't know, or somebody mm -hmm. can do something better than me. Um, but my experience has been with patients when we say, look, here's what you've got. I can manage it, but Dr. Brittany or Dr. Rex uh, can manage it a lot better. And so mm -hmm. I want you to see them instead of, uh, instead of seeing me. Um, and I'm happy to help. I'm happy to answer questions, but uh, I think you're in better hands there. Uh, for me, that's been super powerful in our practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. And that's something that we had game planned ahead of time. Obviously, like I said, I, I just kind of stopped doing them ahead of time and, kind of built up this backlog. And then when she joined, we almost like relaunched tear care in the office, did a tear care day where everybody got a discount that was coming in for that day. So she did a bunch of them kind of got the staff reengaged in that too, and excited about it. And that's really helped. So, yeah. Well, I think we all, we all know who really runs the practice and, and drives things and that's the staff and getting them right on board. The, um, you mentioned that, that you cut back in talking with colleagues. Uh, usually we bring on associates because we're over, we're, we're too busy. Mm -hmm. and so the idea of I'm bringing somebody else on to help with that additional load yet, I'm going to pull back. Mm -hmm. Did that have a negative financial impact on, on the practice because your, your full-time equivalent doctor hours were less? What did that, uh, mean? my personal doctor hours were less, but the overall practice doctor hours were more. Got it. Right. Okay. And so I, I'm splitting my time between the two practices. So, it, I mean, we've continued to grow. Um, revenue per patient is down a little bit, but overall numbers are up. Uh, so that's just something like on the tail end that I'm working with that associate on. Um, and something that I think is a little bit of a rabbit hole, but uh, if you'll indulge me for a second of that's something that I kind of left her hanging on, you know, uh, especially if you're, you're having a newer grad come on they don't have that training. They don't have any connection to the numbers. They, they're they really going to come out being so hyper-focused on the health, not realizing that if you ask the patient 
would you rather me look at the health of your eye or give you a glasses prescription? Most of them walking through the door are going to choose glasses. And so having that problem focused exam on exactly what the patient came in for, it's been a learning process to kind of get her on board with, hey, you know, really circle back to those vision complaints, even though you do the vision part, then you do the health part, circle back at the very end and say, hey, you came in because this is blurry. This is how I'm going to solve that. Um, yeah. I, so now we're, we're doing a lot more of that. I have a board up in our, in our office that has our goals and things like that. So for the first six, eight months of her practicing, she had no connection to that. So she didn't know if she was having a great day or a bad day. It was just come see patients, walk out the door. And then I'm sitting looking at the bank account being like, oh, that was a good day or, oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, open book management. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. So it, uh, I, I think it does work. Um, and interestingly, two, two words of advice I got from different mentors. Uh, the first told me when I was uh, venting and complaining that uh, one of my associate docs wasn't producing as, as much as, as I was. Uh, my mentor laughed and said, yeah, of course. They don't have the, the risk that you have on the note mm-hmm. you took out on the, on the practice. Um, they're not emotionally, financially tied to it. And, uh, and if they were you, they wouldn't be working for you. They'd be owning their own practice. So, so let them be who they are and help them be the best, but don't expect them to, to be you. Um, and, uh, and the second uh, actually came from my dad the day I graduated. Uh, he shook my hand and said, hey, congratulations. Um, in a couple of years, you'll be a, you'll be a doctor, which at the time <laughs> yeah. offended me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and now I, I fully understand what he meant because I look back on some of my, my early chart notes and go, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, and realize that I'm, progressing or progressing still on that. Uh, I think the same is true for, uh, for selling and, and, you know, being a practice owner or a pseudo practice owner, generating revenue, knowing how to sell optometry, right? You don't just do it day one. You got to have the the years of experience. Well, and and feeling comfortable with that product, with those technologies and and having that conversation and really knowing, and and this is actually on the to-do list for us at the office of, just running through everything at the practice and being like, okay, you guys all know everything we do here is in the best interest of the patient. Like everything we're doing here is to just take care of the patient. Is there anything that you think might not be? And if you can convince me that it is, or if I can't convince you that it is in the best interest of the patient, we're done doing it. We'll get rid of it. We'll never do that again. Cause I, I truly strongly believe everything here that we do is in their best interest. So realizing, Hey, if money was no option, would someone have an office lens? Would they have a sunglass and would they have a regular pair of glasses? Absolutely. If it was just free, everybody would do that. If tear care was free, if all that stuff was free, everybody would do it. So what are we doing not recommending the best for our patients? They don't come here asking us to recommend things that are subpar. Oh, your prescription changed a little bit. It's not a big change. So yeah, don't really worry about it this year. It's like, no, I want you to see as well as possible. Like yeah. you notice the difference. That's the part that I care about. You said that was better. So go do with that what you will. Um, I don't know. I, I might be. Again, no, I, going I, off course I love here. that. Um, I think both from a, a patient care standpoint and running a business, one of my uh, 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 favorite things to do, we have an annual retreat. We close the office every for, for a whole day um, and we, we meet offsite. Uh, so it's, it's not in the practice. Nobody's in their normal mm-hmm. seat. Um, and it's a, you can say whatever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. almost whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but really you can challenge anything that the business does um, challenge what we're doing as far as, as patient care challenge, what we're doing as far as business pr- principles and 
because that's the only way to get better. And is, is what I found is that we like to talk about things we want to start doing. Mm-hmm. And so I've made us start creating a list of the things we need to stop doing. You can't <laughs> add more. You yeah. just got to replace. Uh, right. And it's really interesting when you, when you figure out what you're going to stop doing, because we do a lot of dumb stuff that just takes up time that mm-hmm. we thought had a purpose. Right. Uh, but we never analyzed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. Hey, challenge, challenge it all because today it might be right and tomorrow it might be wrong. Well, and along those same lines, we had that. So I, I told you, I, I alternated days initially. I no longer yep. do that as of this year okay. because just staff felt like it was easier. It was more consistent for patients. Then they could have that consistent admin day. So now I work every Monday. Um, and I thought patients would be upset about it. We haven't heard anything about it yet. It's only been a month 18. or so. Yeah. Uh, since patients have heard that I'm not going to be there on Wednesdays anymore. Um, and I had a patient that I thought would have been upset about that in last week and she had no problem with it. So it's, uh, it, that is one of those things that you never know until they bring it up and, and talk to you about it. And that kind of goes, I think we talked about this, at the meeting of, of having the staff be in control of the schedule and guiding the patient in that. So like I was saying before, not saying that I'm not there this Monday and I'm here next Monday. It's like, Oh, there's no appointments that Monday and and let's get you over here. Same thing. I I mean, if your associates not getting booked up, have the staff always offer the associates day first. What days work best? Well, I'm good on Mondays and Tuesdays. Ignore the fact that they said Monday and get them, see if they'll go in on a Tuesday and then let them know. Oh, and that's, that's actually with Dr. With the associate doctor, um, Dr. X and uh, not with Dr. Elson. Are you okay with that? And then it, that sparks that conversation. And the second you plant that seed next year, maybe they won't say no, or maybe they say yes this year, but you got to shoot your shot there and, and get them busy. And that's one of the ways to do it. So, yep. No, I totally, uh, totally agree with that. Um, I think it's important too, that, uh, that, that they are, um, you keep everything simple, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm processing what you were telling me on the, the switching the days and as a patient listening to, well, he's here this Monday, but not next, but then he's here that mm-hmm. Wednesday that got complicated. Yeah. And so every Monday is simple mm-hmm. and we like simple. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too many people that, that prefer complex. They live their lives complexly, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, but they don't like it. You know, they, they want everybody else to be simple to do business with. Um, so no, that's uh, that's genius. Um, lots of good ideas. The, uh, where do you really kind of get your ideas from and, and, and engage? Cause you, you're, you're one of the guys I like to talk to when, you know, different ideas come up. Uh, you're always on top of it. you you, it seems like you've, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in business acumen is, is well beyond uh, how many candles are on your birthday cake on all the different things that you, uh, you chime in. Um, what do you, what do you credit that to? Um, some of that's kind of family stuff, I guess. Uh, like a lot of people in my family, nobody has wildly successful businesses, but my grandpa had his own auto shop. My dad has his own printing business and, and kind of ad graphics business. My uncle has his own like lending firm, mortgage sort of thing. And so it's, it's been, and my uncle's, my other uncle has a import sort of business. And so it's, it's kind of been around, but it's also easier when you step back, you give yourself some admin days, you have time to, to read books, listen to podcasts, do things that, and kind of read other stuff, interact with people. I know we, we've got different email threads in Vision Source where it's like constantly having good ideas bounced around. And 
Um, I mean, exchange, great place to be. Anytime we go out there, you always come back with something. Um, and sometimes not from the CEs. A lot of times these are things from just casual conversations in between CEs that you strike up with people from different places across the country that either they say something genius or it just sparks something in you for whatever reason. Yeah. I feel the same way. And, uh, and I know, you know, uh, uh Dr. Tom, Mai. he said something that, uh, that I thought was incredibly profound that the, it was that the, the best business people he knows, um, are some of the best thieves. They, they steal all the ideas that they can gather oh, right. from everybody yeah, yeah. else and, yeah. uh, and pull it back in. Um, no, not thieves is in stealing uh, material things, just you know, thieves, thieves is in stealing ideas and in processes and uh, not trying to reinvent the wheel, just you know, taking what somebody else has, has figured out and applying it to you. So it, uh, right. you got a lot of cool businesses in your family that you've, you've, you can steal ideas from. Those are some unique <laughs> ones. Yeah, the, the printing one helps out quite a bit, obviously, I, all I the marketing and, and whatnot, so. Very cool. And, uh, and you mentioned the exchange. We are uh, definitely excited to have that coming up here in, uh, in April 19th through 22nd in San Antonio. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous venue, gorgeous uh, river walk, lots of good stuff. Um, so looking forward to uh, catching up with you and, and all our friends out there. Um, if anyone's interested in, uh, in attending that meeting, uh, vstheexchange.com is the website. There'll be a link in the show notes that you can, uh, can click on as well. But that's... Uh, we call it the exchange because we just exchange ideas. I think some of my best ones have gotten from standing in the food line or uh, uh, you know, random elevator conversations that just ended up making me tens of thousands of dollars when I came back and implemented them. Yeah. So, very cool. Well, Alex, it uh, has been a, a pleasure. Um, would love to, uh, to bring you back and dive into some of those other uh, topics we, we chatted on. Um, but uh, thank you for sharing how you've been able to uh, really incorporate new associate docs into your practice and uh, the value of those admin days for us yeah of course appreciate you having me